So Moment uh, is really a gateway into mindfulness. Uh, we started off by the beverage that helps you reduce stress, and it generates the same feeling as meditation uh, through a proprietary formulation. But the broader idea is to help encourage everyone out there to take regular breaks and ground themselves so that they can be the best versions of themselves. Zach here from Boston Speaks Up. That's the voice of Aisha Shotani, today's guest. Aisha is a former McKinsey consultant turned entrepreneur. She started her business Moment amidst a pandemic about one year ago in July 2020. Moment is a company that uses adaptogens uh, in its drinks to help people sort of smooth out, gain their balance, almost drink a meditative state. You'll hear Aisha talk about Moment and 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 much beyond just like it being a drink company. Like they have a really great approach they've taken to sort of nurturing their community with, uh, tech, you know, daily texts with meditation opportunities and all sorts of things. Um, Aisha's super delightful, uh, originally from Saudi Arabia, spent some time in Pakistan where her parents are from, also some time in South Africa before eventually making it uh, to the States. She lives in New York now, but she actually spent a couple of years in Boston um, getting her MBA at Harvard. So without further ado, enjoy the conversation with Aisha. Silicon Valley Bank is a proud sponsor of Boston Speaks Up. For more than 35 years, Silicon Valley Bank has helped innovative companies and their investors move bold ideas forward fast. SVB provides targeted financial services and expertise through its offices at 53 State Street in downtown Boston and in Newton and innovation centers around the world. With commercial, international, and private banking services, SVB helps address the unique needs of Boston's innovators. Learn more at svb.com. Zach Servideo here from Boston Speaks Up. I'm here with Aisha Chatani. Aisha, how are you? I am so good and really excited to be here. How'd I do on the pronunciation? You actually got it. You got it perfect. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Rarely people do that. So kudos. Appreciate it. I put you on the spot. You want to try to pronounce my last name? Zach Servideo? Nailed it as, uh-huh. the, as the Americans and all the Servideos here say it. And then I found out in like my 20s, one of my friends was like, oh, Servideo, that's to serve God in Latin. So apparently you, you, you pronounce it Servideo. My whole family just pronounced it Servideo. Uh, you know, I actually quite like the pronunciation Servideo. It has a very beautiful tone yeah. to it. It is beautiful. Like if I didn't become the pretentious person in my family for just <laughs> like us, the, the Servideo clan of the broader cluster, I would probably go with it. But, um, but I, but yeah, I love the Latin roots of it. I have a four-year-old daughter. So we, we've gone, we've gone down. We're starting to ask questions about why a word is the word. Yeah. And you find out like, especially a lot of words come from Greece, uh, but she'll just ask me like, That's right. on the way to school every day. She's like, what's that? Where's that word come from? And I'm like, hold on, let me get you to school and look it up. I'm like, I have no idea. Like, but that's a great question. Oh, that one's Latin roots. That one's Greek, you know, from, from Greece. Um, It's it's amazing how much you learn um, when you have kids and they ask questions, right? Yeah. Do you have kids? No, I I don't, but 
friends. I, yeah, your friends do. We'll wait till you do. It is like <laughs> for someone like yourself who started a company, which we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about um, in in short time. Like you have a kid, and it's like a superpower because you end yeah. up getting more done in less time. That's true. Yeah, it's 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 really neat. Um, let's talk about what you do in your times. So let's talk about drink moment just to kind of set the stage, like for folks that will listen to this, like. What are you know, what are you doing um, with with your company and and sort of where the idea come from and just you know yeah. at a top line like sort of what's the elevator pitch? Definitely. So moment uh, is really a gateway into mindfulness. Uh, we started off by the beverage that helps you reduce stress and it generates the same feeling as meditation uh, through a proprietary formulation. But the broader idea is to help encourage everyone out there to take regular breaks and ground themselves so that they can be the best versions of themselves. Um, I grew up having adaptogens, um, and during some stressful periods of my life, I went back into it, and I saw the impact it can have on your mental clarity and your ability to be uh, to get things done and really be really be uh, your best self. Uh, to regular use, um, I was seeing that I would get up in the morning, really excited, ready to take on the world. Um, I would have the ability to concentrate, get things done through the day, and I was able to sleep better. And really, uh, that's uh, when I was feeling my best. So I decided to leave my cushy corporate job and um, hope others access the same feeling. I poured all the adaptogens into a beverage and made sure that was also refreshing and healthy with no added sugar and created a give back program with 1% of our proceeds going towards supporting kids in school learn about mindfulness. So yeah, this wow. is where we are. We are one year um, into, into moment. We're actually about to celebrate our one year anniversary um, in, in some this time. So the, nice. Exciting, yeah, it's a very exciting time for us. So adaptogens, explain yeah. that Explain that to me. What are they? Yeah, so adaptogens are essentially natural roots and herbs. And these, these natural roots and herbs have been used um, in different cultures for millennia. What makes them really special is that they adapt to your body. That's the name adaptogens. They take the temp almost they almost take the temperature off your body. So if you're feeling down, they'll give you a little boost. And if you're too hyped up or too high in energy, they'll like relax you a little. Or if you're too stressed, your stress levels are too high, they'll relax you a little. They essentially um they essentially affect different parts of your body, uh, depending on what is stressing you out, like where the different hormone levels are, and they rebalance it. And um, the the beautiful thing about them is also that they have been used for, um, in the past, they weren't just used for stress, they were also used for vitality. A lot of ancient cultures, uh, they believe in preventative medicines. And so um, even, for example, me, the reason I've grown up having some of the adaptogens, the reason my parents have been having adaptogens is just because that's how you live life. You um, have healthy ingredients all your life so you don't get sick or you don't get major diseases. Um, and so that's how a lot of the Eastern cultures um, have been connected to adaptogens. Fascinating. So let's talk a bit about those 
roots, pun intended. So your actual, <laughs> your actual physical sort of um, family roots, yeah. uh, where, you know, and I, 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 I detect an accent, like where, where were you born? Where are your parents from? Um, yeah. tell, tell, tell me a bit about your childhood. Before I do that, why don't you tell me what accent do you detect? I detect a, a non-born uh, bo- or English as a first language, born in the U.S. Lang- accent. I can't tell exactly where. Um, <laughs> I'm not great at detecting accents, and, and <laughs> I put my foot in my mouth if I even tried. Um, huh. It sounds like perhaps in sort of the Middle East region. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got that. You got that. You got that spot on. Uh, you probably like build that skill with interviewing so many people. Um, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Um, okay. I spent some time in other parts of the Middle East. My parents are originally from Pakistan. After and I, then I moved to Pakistan, um, and I did my uh, I did a part of my schooling there. After which I spent some time in Europe, and then also um, a few years in South Africa. And so I've really been um, in a bunch of different places uh, before I moved to the U.S. And I think my accent probably reflects that. I mean, there's a really interesting tech community in South Africa. My one of my cousins has exposed me to that a bit. Just the yeah. really just resilient entrepreneurs um, down there. So That's- when. Yeah. That's yeah. No, I was gonna say that that's hundred percent right. Uh, and the reason I moved to South Africa was also because there is so much opportunity for impact and improvement. The first time I went there to visit, uh, I kind of fell in love with the place, and I saw the I saw the opportunity to really create a difference, um, which is why I decided to find a job and move there. So that's really neat. And, and you mentioned this earlier when you talked about moment and sort of the 1% kind of giving back. And you just mentioned again, like you identified like some things about South Africa where it seems like there was, you know, maybe groups and organizations that were yeah. looking to create socioeconomic impact. Um, and that's from some of my own familiarity. Uh, what draws you to that? Like, is that come, is that, you know, that's obviously comes from within, but does that come from your parents? Like, where did where would you sort of attribute um, that sense of sort of purpose being tied to giving back? Yeah, yeah, um, it definitely comes from my roots, no pun intended. Um, but my parents, like I said, um, are from Pakistan because but I also spent a portion of my life. Um, now the income difference uh, there between the the rich and the poor it's huge. Um, and having grown up in a society like this and seeing um, the, the 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 almost differences, um, it makes it almost humbles you. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, you know I was fortunate enough to be able to go to a good school um, and be able to get. All the basics in life, but a lot of people around me were not, and so this was something that was uh, helping others has always been a very core part of um, who I am. And even like, throughout my life, before moment, before South Africa, I've been involved in like various other things um, in giving back to society. That's great. So let's talk about like a little over a year ago and you mentioned 10 days from now what's the date 10 days from now when's the anniversary (laughs) 
it's around mid um, mid July. It's cool. under debate exactly what was the specific date of launch. <laughs> I think it's safe to say with how um, I've been, I'm releasing Boston Speaks Up episodes. We have one coming out next week. Um, and so by the end of July, like we released this episode. So it was almost be like part of the one year celebration. That's perfect. And yeah. end of July is also my birthday. So that ties into everything together. Amazing. So what, so with my daughter's, her, her birthday is July 20th. July. Oh, awesome. She's a, yeah, she's a cancer. Yeah. Cancer. What do you, what about you? I'm a Leo. Nice. Just like, oh, so you're like right at the end of the month. Literally on the 31st. Nice. Like the bookend to July. <laughs> the bookend, that's Aisha right. Shatani. See, see, right. it, see you in August. So <laughs> let's celebrate July one last time. Nice. So mm-hmm. so talk talk through the the beginning of the pandemic, um, what you were doing. Yeah. What led you to start a business amidst a global pandemic. Yeah. And maybe, you know, and that's sort of the first part. It's like, what led you to start the company? And I'm just curious, like, how did the product market fit for you? You know, how was it impacted by COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, for sure. So um, like I had mentioned, um, I've been having, I had been going through a stressful life, um, stressful period in my life. I was a management consultant working at McKinsey. Um, for the past few years, and sometimes things can get a bit intense uh, out there. And so I start having more and more adaptogens. I started getting into meditation. I saw the effects on my life. But um, I would see the same uh, sort of stress levels, intensity of people around me. And when I would speak to them, they would find it very difficult to do either, like, either get into meditation or get into like healthier routines. Um, and having some of these amazing ingredients that can really help them be grounded uh, and improve their um, improve their mental health. And um, so this is something that I had been thinking about, debating. I got more and more into adaptogens, um, and I realized that with certain dosages um, and combinations, you can actually replicate the same effect as meditation uh, by activating your alpha brain waves. It's the same brain waves that arise during meditation. And so I started experimenting at home. Um, I started sharing um, these adapters in different ways uh, with friends. And um, the idea was cooking for a while. Um, um, started doing a lot of uh, small focus groups seeing what people liked, what didn't, uh, what resonated in terms of products and flavors. Um, and then uh, once things started really resonating with people, I decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my job and do this full time, uh, which is a tough decision, as you would imagine. Uh, but it's, it's been a really exciting, it's been a really exciting one. Of course, COVID um, happened at the same time. Um, and so we had to pivot our strategy quite a bit. Uh, we had wanted to launch in um, office, uh, a launch moment in offices uh, where people need us the most. But unfortunately, offices closed down. And so our pivot was a lot more in terms of um, our launch strategy. Uh, we went completely online. And uh, yeah, we launched through our direct direct website, 
direct-to-consumer channel. And that has really been incredible, honestly, because of two things. One is it, um, it really helped us create an impact for a broader audience. Um, you know, with, uh, with our previous ideas of launch, we would have been able to only address like certain offices, certain amount of people. Here, we can address the entire nation. And given the high stress levels during the pandemic, people have seen a huge, huge impact from moment. Some of our customers have to drink like two or three times a day and they'll write us these two-page emails thanking us for creating the product. That always makes my day. Um, and um, the second thing was that it really allowed us to understand, uh, allowed us to understand our customers. Because we were having this direct, because we have this direct relationship, and like I mentioned, customers are, emailing us, going back and forth, sharing every little detail, we can really understand how they're thinking, how they interact with the product, uh, what are their future needs, um, what type of changes they want, and we can quickly pivot. So it has been it has been incredible in both understanding our and understanding our community better and being able to have a huge impact. Yeah, it's interesting. So in a lot of ways the um I mean, I could totally see the office launch strategy having worked, but in in but the the pandemic kind of forcing your hand into a digital experience strategy, helping accelerate and kind of the, you know the, almost democratize your ability to to cast a wide net. Now, have you found that in the DTC model, you've um, is it the people you anticipated? being your audience? Is it people that are working that were offices that were working a lot at home the past year that are stressed? Are you are you discovering a longer tail of audience you hadn't anticipated? Like what sort of the audience profile? Yeah. So a few things. Well, first of all, great question. Um, but what we are seeing is that the audience is actually broader than just offices. We had anticipated, um, you know, early or mid-career professionals, but really this is a much, 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 much broader problem. Um, and uh, the, the the stress levels are not just limited to these folks. There is um, people who are juggling different parts of starting new families or juggling work with family life. Uh, that's a big source of stress. Um, and then there's people who are sort of ending their careers or towards the end of it. Um, they have multiple different things going on in life. Uh, they can often be really stressed. But really, the big learning is that during COVID, and especially with um, especially the way work life has changed, almost everyone is stressed. In fact, um, and we are right now, as we speak, doing uh, research on the causes of burnout. Moment is doing research on the cause of burnout. We're doing some surveys that we'll be publishing um, very soon. So, so stay tuned with that. But I'm going to quote um, Microsoft's research, uh, where they uh, from a couple of months back, where they where they tested um, people who are in back-to-back -back Zoom meetings. Um, and even if the if the topics are just every bit topics, just being in back to bags and meetings can make you stress um, and distracted. Um, and that is that is today's work life. It's not that corporations are like putting more pressure on employees; it's just the nature of how things are working. And so, 
during COVID, um, almost everyone has been stressed uh, just by the nature of how things have changed and the lack of grades. And so, you know, just um, so so moment uh, essentially serves to, well, one, remind people that, hey, you need to take a moment away from the noise. Um, And two, let's have some, let's have a healthy drink, but adaptogens that can actually also um, rebalance some of the hormones in your body to to de-stress you. That's great. I am taking notes. I love this. Uh, I have a few follow-up thoughts there. Uh, one is to the to the point at the end uh, that you mentioned from the Microsoft research about back-to-back Zooms and how it can stress people out. As someone who has succumbed to the pressure of that stress and it, and like literally had to say to colleagues, "I'm sorry, too many Zooms." can't debrief right now, must relax brain. Like, like, the, the, and I'm a long-winded person and like as brief, in as brief a words as possible, I'm like, I need to go on a run. You know, I need yeah. to go. And for me, my, my balance that I was finding over the past year plus was, I know I got a lot of things to do. I got a break in Zoom meetings and it's cold outside. I live in Boston. I'm going on a run and I'm balancing myself. So I completely... Um, kind of connect with that that research and also with sort of like the kind of ethos behind moment one of the, the other sort of comment kind of coming off my personal um, appreciation for it is sort of I think this is why something like Clubhouse did so well during the pandemic which was fascinating to me and and I actually wasn't as hip to Clubhouse even though I'm an audio guy I understood I understood it though, because I was like, this is fascinating to me. When Clubhouse kind of bled into Boston, I saw a lot of people in Boston that were like, hey, join the you know, Founders Clubhouse tonight at 8 p.m. Now, as a dad, 8 p.m. comes, I've worked my butt all day, I've done a bunch of Zooms, I just did the six to eight o'clock like present time with my family. Like, yeah. I don't want to go join a thing, even That's if right. it's only audio. No, thank you. If you want to have it during the day and I can fit it into my schedule, I'm down. But what I what I do think that research suggests is that people who were these were people who were on Zooms all day. And a lot of people were willing to go on an into an audio room and participate in something. And so I think that does speak to like the magic of audio and sort of like the you know the the pie that is communication, right? Slack and, and sort of digital text. You have video for a certain, certain more intimate kind of, you know, we're getting to see each other right now. And there's a level of sort of first meeting intimacy to that that helps break some ground. But then there's also like a lot of people sort of in a focused discussion and a good moderator and audio being like a really good channel too. So I, I love, so that's just my kind of two yeah. on, on that trend. And, and it's interesting because we met through this, like, did we meet him? through this sort of framing, right? Like, oh, wow, I can see the value in, all right, I'm a, D, I'm a D2C company. You talked a lot about audience and how important, how, wow, because I'm a, I, I became a DTC company, I have all this, I have a one-to-one relationship with my customers and I know a lot about them. And now it's like, well, you wouldn't want to give away that relationship and go host a moment clubhouse room 
why not host a clubhouse kind of room on the moment website, which is what space can do for you. And so that's how I met you. And I, so I imagine all of what I'm saying makes sense to you. I'm, I'm sort of over explaining it to like listeners and like the community, but talk to me about this sort of like the trend of like video meeting fatigue, audio as a good means through which to connect with people and then how you might use audio or are using audio and plan to use audio for a moment. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's, that's, that, that's exactly it. Well, how you described it is perfect. And that's what's so powerful, right? On, on one hand, there was this aspect that communication is much needed, especially in the last 12, 16 months where people have often been, you know, somewhat like cut off from others. Um, and so you need to stay connected with others, with work life, with society um, to, to, to continue. Um, but on the other hand, Zoom fatigue is real. Um, it, and like I was mentioning, it's not just a study. They've actually done tests on, on people's brain when they've been in back-to-back meetings, uh, back-to-back Zoom meetings and the, the stress that can create. And so, um, so that's also real. So how do you balance these two factors of the need to stay connected, but then also um, being connected on Zoom meetings usually the whole day? And so I think uh, audio um, and what Space is doing is so, so, so powerful. Um, and it's, it creates the perfect solution. And that's how we also, you know, our ethos is about helping people take those breaks, taking life easy, taking those moments. Um, and therefore, that's definitely something that's, uh, that's an important way for us to connect with our customer base um, in today's world. So we're really excited about what Space is doing. Um, and we're really excited about pushing that, um, uh, pushing that uh, on our, you know, uh, from our end as well. Um, the one, uh, one other thing I'm going to mention is it's been really, um, it's been really, um, awesome to see this narrative being talked about more and more as well. So, you know, upfront, um, when, 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 when COVID started, when people would not appear on Zoom meetings, it was part, it was, it was almost considered rude. Um, you know, you, you it was taken as a sign of disrespect if you were not showing your face. But now, more recently, um, with with continued dialogue and understanding, more and more organizations and people are starting to understand um, and are more open to um, more open to audio. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. That's great. So, um, I'm loving this back and forth. So, I have a couple of thoughts. One is. So I'm very hyperactive. And so our daughter, beautiful, looks just like mommy, has the hyperactive personality of daddy. We both can't sit still. I tend to consume information and and focus and be present on a call like when I'm moving. This right now, because I'm talking to you and I'm taking notes, part of me taking notes scratches my hyperactivity impulse, right? So I need to do that if I'm sitting still. But what I love to do, is put something in my AirPods, which I'm not wearing right now. I'm plugged into the computer. I'm hardwired right now. But I like to walk and listen to podcasts. And and so I very much became that guy during the pandemic that was like, I want to dial into the Zoom from my phone, not be on video. And I want to go walk my dog. And I will be be locked into this conversation. Um, And so I think too, there's just, it's it's not a one approach 
works for everyone yeah. sort of thing. Um, so I think that's also like, you know, there, there just needs to be a general op- openness and just the practice of empathy in all directions that people are like, some people maybe are going to want to be in front of their computer. And if the people that are on the call, like other people on the call with just so happen that day or that group isn't on video, then they're not going to be on video. And I think we're, we've definitely gotten to, to a place, it seems, where everyone is very open. It seems a lot of people seem more open minded. Um, and I think that's in like that business to business setting. I'm curious. So that, so that's sort of just general kind of thoughts and feedback, little, little lens into me pacing around my house, listening to calls all day. Um, but what I'm curious is for a D to C company and you're, you have consumers, you know, you have, you have people who are not just buying a product from you. Like they're embracing, they're embracing your ethos. They're, they're, they're seeking, um, a, a solution or a piece to the solution of their, you know, overall like mind and body health. What type of content have you been doing? And what, you know, what, how do you, that's a special relationship to honor and you're someone that's very thoughtful. How are you, how do you think through like that privilege of creating content? And like in 2021, every brand is a media company, in particular, mm-hmm. a company that's a D2C brand communicating with consumers. So how are you thinking about and approaching content development and content types and how you create a nice relationship with your audience? Like what type of knowledge are you sharing? What type of information and through what means are you sharing? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, um, again, very good question. Uh, and thank you for appreciating uh, everything that we're doing and understanding it um, to that depth. The, um, you know, for us, it's really, it's really the, the, the one of the, the ethos of moment is to help others, uh, take a break, take it, take, take it easy. Life is difficult enough. We want to make it easy for you. Um, and uh, serve as a reminder for them. So, um, how we work on with the type of content that we work on, I would say is really like threefold. Um, one is we actually have a text based, um, we have a text-based meditation club uh, where we do a lighthearted meditation. So, like, we get it. We get that spending 15, 20 minutes every day in the morning with your eyes closed can be difficult. We, we I totally understand that, you know, great impact on your, on your brain. But, like, a lot of people find it difficult to get into. And so we have curated um, small meditations, two minutes. Each you can sign up for it. You'll get like a ping at like 3 p.m. every day, reminding you to take a break and engage in something that's going to help your brain recover in a beautiful way. So this could be like following a small doodle um, for two minutes, or listening to the listening to the sounds of uh, whales, or it could be anything depending on the day. But it's really to like help remind you of the beauty of the world, ground yourself so that you can get back into it and just to the right. Um, the, the other way we create content is we actually um, share back what our community thinks. So um, in May, uh, which was the month of uh, you know, mindfulness, we uh, created a campaign around uh, asking our, our community, our customers to share back how they take a moment so that we can share it with the broader community. 
And that was really powerful because there's such simple ways that you sometimes don't um, don't think of until somebody else says, "Oh, this is this is my way." Um, and so people uh, really appreciated it. And then lastly, we work with a lot of um, mental health nonprofits. A lot of them around um, the mental health of. Um, younger generation, kids, teen adults, uh, because it's really important to um, power them uh, with the right tools uh, for their future. Um, but in this process, uh, you know, there's a lot of like final ideas. They share what is working, not just um, with the younger generation, but also like their families. And then we share that back with our broader community as well, given our close relationships with these mental health nonprofits. And our our audience loves that. So these are the multiple different ways that we uh, that we currently sort of create, curate, share back content. But of course, we're really excited about um, doing more, given that there is so much uh, there's there's so much need for it. And one of the things we want to start doing is create a speaker audio speaker series where we invite folks who understand this topic deeply and have conversations with them so our audience can continue learning from it. That's great. That's great. I love, I just wrote down all those content types. The, the, um, the text-based meditation club, does that, is that something that you like, do you have a solution that you recommend that you use for that like how do you implement that is that folks that are your community opting in to receive those 3 p.m text sort of meditation um reminders um as as how do we create how do how do people opt in for those reminders yeah yeah and is there is there a platform you use for that like what's what's the what do you how do you implement that yeah, at the back end, we use a we use a service called uh, Simple Texting. Simple cool. Texting um, software, simple software to send people text messages. Um, we have the we have the numbers um, available for on on our website, or um, if you if you have a purchase moment, you'll also see it on the back of um, the cans. So yeah, if anyone. Is welcome to join in. Uh, we we like expanding our community, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to double click on that one because I was just curious, like back end, how you did it. And and it, to me, I mean, knowing the um, a bit about not a ton, but having someone who tries to practice meditation, I actually have my daughter. She'll like randomly like, "Daddy, let's do a breathing." Even just on the Apple Watch, like the breathing exercise, she does those with me. My wife thinks like Love she it. thinks it's so cute. And but when I see meditation apps that like just the basic versions like cost money sometimes or ones that didn't cost money do, but it makes so much sense. I'm also a bit of a growth hacker, so it's like if there you know there's another way for yeah. to be underwritten, right? And you've first created a, a drink company and, and sort of, it's much more than that, but you have a physical product you're selling to people and you have, you know, revenue and, 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 you know, there's a certain profitability there and you can justify sort of giving the gift of this meditation, which of course nurtures your community and creates a stronger bond. Uh, but I think it's a really, like, I want to just, I want to acknowledge this out loud as sort of a, 
as a mindful brand marketer that I am, like that's a really thoughtful and appropriate way to introduce something that is of additional value because there's a lot of like meditation rec, you know, apps that, you know, give you daily, you know, doodle this, listen to that, um, that will charge you a little bit. And, and I think yeah. that's just like a great, and I, I like the, you seem to share the mindset of like, come bearing the gift, you know, come bearing gifts to your audience. And it seems like Moment has really embraced that under your leadership, which is awesome. That's that's right. Uh, that's right. And this is something we're continuing to develop. I mean, at this point, we're still a very, very small startup. But um, this is something that has been really loved by our community. Um, so we're trying to expand on the course and make it even uh, like longer. Um, but all, so stay tuned, um, more to come on that. I would be very excited for you to join and see, yeah. uh, and share your thoughts given, um, given your uh, expertise in this case on how, what you think of it and any ideas, additional ideas you have. I'd be happy to. Um, and I'd also love to, yeah, chat with you. Yeah. I'd love to chat with you more just holistically, but certainly about the audio, um, like the, the speaker series. Where, like yeah. and how to how to approach that production um i mean i almost think of it like like a live first production like your audience can tune in at you know maybe it's once a month you maybe start like it's like you know like i always think in terms of like first friday because i used to live in la and, and on abbott kinney they would have first friday so abbott kinney would be tons of food trucks so like first friday of every month at you know x time Moment's going to have a, their live speaker series, and you get your lineup, and you get your first three speakers. Boom! You got your first quarter done, and you, your people can tune in. It's a bit of an event, and use space. Got the widget on your site. Host it there. Great, good amount of people tune in. Great live event. Record it. It's done. Package it up. Boom! It's sitting there on the site for people who couldn't join live to experience and and sort of experience over time. Maybe chop it up into a few little derivative assets, share those out on social. Hey, if you like what you heard, come check out the full thing back at the moment website. Oh, wow. And I have all these other things I can consume too beyond the actual yeah. original product this company sells. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just seems like a nice evolution of the moment brand to just add, you know, keep adding and stacking those layers of, of uh, knowledge transfer through different kind of mediums. That's definitely the plan. That's 100% the plan. We are in the process of launching a couple of new flavors um, nice. in the next two, three months, which is really exciting. Um, and after that, we want to spend some more time on um, and resources on this. So yeah, Great. we're really excited about it. I was going to ask you about that. So new flavors are coming. Um, you're still early on in this startup. How How are you doing from a general operational standpoint? Like, do you, have you sought or will you be seeking venture funding? Are you is it bootstrapped right now? Are you trying to keep it bootstrapped? Like where are you at on the financing side? Yeah, no. So just um a couple of things. One on one on the operational side, things have been going really well. Uh we have been able to scale up to meet um our customer needs, uh, which is always you know a bit of a challenge when you start from like zero to one and then you have to quickly move from one to ten. Um, a, but, but that's all this all been going well, uh, you know, every day there is a new challenge, uh, a new curve, um, for us, but, uh, the team has been, uh, we've built a great team. Team has been amazing. Um, we've built a strong culture of problem solving. And so 
so far, we have been able to solve all the problems that are thrown in our way. Um, in terms of financing, we did uh, we did launch Bootstrapped, um, and uh, but recently we have raised a pre-seed round to help us grow. We are pushing into retail. Um, we are in about a thousand stores around the country now, and we want to expand. We want to have an omni-channel strategy, uh, retail and online, because it reinforces one another. And so um, we are. Uh, we just finished our pre-seed round um, recently, and we're going to be um, looking for seed in in a few months' time. That's that's great, and. So now, as you go omni-channel, you're already direct-to-consumer digital. You're going to be 1,000 stores. I'm curious, are the 1,000 stores do one relationship or a few? And then is offices on the list as people start to go back to offices, hybrid work? Like, is it Maybe it's a perk to get people to show up because I hear a lot of people aren't showing up. They're off saying, if you show up at the office... We have new moment, you know, and and how you displayed, you know, could there be a special moment branded, you know, refrigerator in the office? I'm trying to picture this. Definitely. No. So that's definitely, the office is really exciting for us because that's where people are most respectfully as people, people have gotten used to this new way and now they have have to go back in person. Um, There's going to be, again, a little bit of adjustment, uh, which will just a little bit of Trust with certain people. Um, you're again adapting to a new way of life, and humans are amazing in terms of being able to adapt. But still, um, sometimes having tools that can help them uh, is is super helpful. And so, moment is one of those things. So we're really excited about it. That said, offices are still unsure as to what their policies are going to be, how many people are going to be coming in. So those things are still under discussion. Um, we have been in conversations with a couple of different offices, um, still ongoing. Um, and once uh, once things fall in place in a few months, we would love to launch in offices. I love your idea of having a moment fridge. That's exactly the lines of what we were thinking. Sort of like celebrating the 3 p.m. occasion during a busy day to like take a couple of like minutes away from your work and gather around and um, yeah. have a healthy beverage that's also going to help uh, help you de-stress. I think that um, the real one just very focused design meeting about the fridge would be, you know, because I'm picturing like almost like a whiteboard where like you write down like, you know, your things you're grateful for or like, yeah. like it's almost an interactive. So it literally like you make the fridge interactive. Yeah, you can write on it and interact with it, or take post some some sort of thing. But it, there's a lot to um, to play with there. And then also, I know we're, we're, as we're coming up on time, you you live you live in New York now, and right. lived in Boston for some period of time, which I discovered right at the top when we before we kind of like kicked live. Um, when did you live in Boston? What were you doing here? And and um, you know, what, what any good any good stories about your time in Boston? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I, I, yeah, definitely. I'm going to start with a good story. I was in Boston uh, in one of like the harshest winters and got five days off during um, the winter because it was snowing like so 2015 much. 2015, that, maybe? Uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I was I was in Boston that year. Um, I did my MBA from Harvard, so I was there for two years um, during that period. 
Um, I love Boston and everything about it, um, despite the sometimes extreme weather. Um, <laughs> because of that, I decided maybe I didn't want to spend the rest of my life there, but I have really fond memories, and especially the summers in Boston. There's no other place like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I absolutely love Boston. That's great. So you lived in, uh, did you live in Cambridge, like around the Harvard campus? That's right. I lived, I lived um, on Harvard campus. Um, I lived in a business school campus across the Osby um, Bridge uh, in Halston. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And, then, and where in New York is home now? Uh, New York, I live in the West Village, if you know New York well. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit of the Boston feel in some ways mm-hmm. in terms of architecture and slightly like low-key. Yeah. Um, so I love that about it. It's almost a reminder of my time at Boston. Like low-key kind of brownstones. That, over that, there. that yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's Smaller amazing. buildings, um, not as intense as the rest of Manhattan. Yeah. This has been amazing, Aisha. And I and for, for listeners, Aisha didn't like wasn't certain she was actually doing Boston Streaks Up when we got on today. Like we were introduced by Zishan Sheikh at at Space and we were going to talk about her business and I was like, she seems fascinating and everyone needs to learn about her. And I can't wait to just rip a hot mic. And she just like launched into like, sure, let's do it. So huge shout out to you, Aisha. For just Thank you like, so much, Zach. Let's you rock. Been awesome. No, seriously, you've been awesome. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. Um, yeah, it's been wonderful chatting. Yeah, it's been great. I'll, um, I'll follow up with you right when we get off. Um, and we can just jam on on like some next steps. And I'm really excited about where Moment's heading. I think that you've created like a D to C um, playbook that can be helpful too to a lot of young entrepreneurs. I'm super um, moved by how you're working with a, a mental health um, nonprofit and helping younger people. Um, that's a big passion of mine. I have a I have a couple connections that might even make sense. Like I have a cousin who goes in to help. Um, at-risk youth like learn about like financial literacy and building credit and and um understanding debt just to kind of you know maybe they're not able to learn that anywhere else and just just trying to kind of swarm young people especially and just help them be in positions to um to take some control of their lives because if you can help people at 13 14 15 16 you can make massive impact um and so it's really neat that you've identified like um that area where you're sort of like having your philanthropic impact um really moved by that and and looking forward to kind of building a a, a relationship and and then excited about the newfound friendship same here i'm super excited about it i feel like there was definitely a meeting of minds and i'm really excited about continuing this and meeting in person at some point in boston of course sounds great yeah you let me know when I'll, uh, I'm a great tour guide, so I'd, I'd love, you know, I'll, I'd love to reintroduce you because in in the years since you've gone, it's just a lot, you know, things just continue to change. Boston, you know, is always sort of evolving and, and progressing. That's true, but also every city is so different depending on whose eyes you're looking through it. Yeah, so, so um, you can look through mine. Um, that's right. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds wonderful. Um, Aisha, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Zach. It was a pleasure. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Boston.